I'm a person, a person of color, usually the only one in my class, and in their eyes, it's my skin that defines me. And I realized that was the case when seven-year-old me was called a monkey and told to go back to my damn country, though I was too young to know what that meant exactly, too young to know that that was wrong, too young to know that that would not stop and go on for far too long. I was simply a kid playing with any other kid that didn't refuse to play with me simply because my skin is the way it is. I was a kid. Yeah, my skin is still all they could see, and that made me want to be like them when I should love my skin for what it is. I am a person. I should not be scared to get stopped by a cop while walking in the park or while in the passenger seat in my grandpa's car because if he said the wrong words at the wrong time, he'd pay for it. There should be no reason that I fear the group of people in my country who are supposed to protect me along with the rest of the black people who are getting killed simply because they are. I should not fear walking down the street at night because someone might get the wrong idea. I should not fear being pinned to the ground by an officer until I can't breathe because I'm black. I should not fear that my melanin in my skin might kill me. I am a person. I'm a person, though often not treated like one, especially when they say we should have left them as slaves and continue using nigga as their name. That phrase so effortlessly rolled off their tongue like a lyric to a song, Black Lives Matter. They'll say it to the camera, in public, to their friends, and behind closed doors act like we shouldn't have the same rights they do, but just think if you were in my shoes. Black lives matter. Yet you still ask, why are black people so mad? Mad, that's an understatement. We are hated because of the color of our skin. Something we cannot change. You're damn right we're mad and we should be. We should get to live our lives carefree, but we can't because the color of our skin apparently means we are armed. Apparently means we are stealing. Apparently means we are criminals. Apparently means we do not deserve rights. We deserve rights. We are people. My skin is not a weapon, nor does it define me. I am a person. I am black and I am proud. I'm the same as you. Black lives matter too. Welcome to another episode of Put You On Notice. And uh, today, man, I'm honored to have two bright, intelligent, very humble individuals in the building right now, man. We got Dr. Celeste and, and of course, Sean Harris, who was also on uh, our podcast a this Sunday, man. So I appreciate him for being back with us once again. And, uh, Thank man, you. You know, we, we got them here today to drop some knowledge on us, man, to, to, to continue to inform us and, uh, you know, just, just put us on notice, man. So, uh, first off, I'm going to have Sean reintroduce himself. And then, I'm, actually, you know what? Let's have the ladies go first. So, Dr. Celeste, go ahead and, you know, introduce yourself and uh, let us know a little bit about it. Absolutely. Um, thank you guys for having me. Uh, my name is Celeste Jackson. I'm a community psychologist and a licensed professional counselor um, in the state of Illinois. Um, I'm also a restorative justice practitioner. I do a lot of work in the mental health community um, around individual, group, family, adolescents, um, and um, just structural organization-wide things when it comes to restorative justice. Um, I've been practicing, I think, for six years now. Um, and I have a group practice that I practice out of in Oak Park, Illinois. Um, and I also have a consultant agency that my husband and I run out of Chicago, Illinois. That's what's up. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, before we hit you with some questions, go ahead, Sean, reintroduce yourself, brother. Let us know what, 
Put us on, brother. Well, that's hard to follow up. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm Sean Harris. Um, you know, I'm I'm a mental health provider over at Dane County Jail. Uh, so I work with the incarcerated population, um, attending to their immediate needs, doing a lot of uh, brief intermittent counseling. Um, I don't get to see them for very long um, or, or over the course of years, um, but attending to their needs while they're there, um, dealing with a lot of stuff, a variety of, you know, mental health pathology, um, you know, really, really severe, you know, paranoid schizophrenia, um, anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, Obviously, being in, in, incarcerated is not the most ideal experience, so um, making sure we're still attending to those mental health needs. Also, uh, work with teenage youth. Um, so unfortunately, sometimes I get to see the school-to-prison pipeline in real time, um, you know, working on uh, develop, developmentally, uh, how, to, how to help students mature uh, mentally and navigate um, some of their own um, mental health struggles. Man, that's what's up. Hey, y'all both do some pretty amazing things, man. Sean, don't downplay yourself, man. I know <laughs> doctor here, but hey, man, y'all both are amazing, man, and I appreciate everything that y'all both do. And uh, thank you, me, y'all. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And that's why we got y'all here, man, because with everything going on with the COVID nineteen, uh, the murder of George Floyd, and so many others, uh, Breonna Taylor, uh, man, I, I just want to know what. First off, let's start with how y'all feel about. Uh, the response of our community. You can go ahead, Sean. Yeah, so um, appreciate it. The, I, th I, think, I think people are hurting a whole lot. Um, you know, I think people are, are casting judgment, you know, sharing that, you know, people are uh, acting ignorant or they're angry. And it's, you know, not anybody's place to tell folks how to be angry, right? Um, and, but one of the things that I've found is that I think protesting has been cathartic for people. And therapeutic uh, in a lot of ways. It's a place to be in community with other people, have your feelings and your experiences validated in a lot of ways. And the, even like uh, garner more support, like folks that you didn't realize, you know, uh, empathize with what you were going through. Um, a protest is a really, uh, hopefully a safe space for people to kind of go um, and, and, and get that healing, get that healing done. Um, just sitting around and, and not feeling as though you're hopeless and you can't do anything about your situation. Um, I think really key, uh, pushes you further away from a solution to whatever you're experiencing. Right. And it's crazy. Uh, sorry to cut, and cut you off, doctor, but y'all both are on two different sides of the perspective as far as like Milwaukee and Chicago. So, doctor, mm -hmm. how's it going? Uh, Dr. Celeste, how's it going out there in Illinois? Um, so, I, I, for me, I feel a lot of conflicting feelings personally. Um, you know, there's there's a part of this that feels like this this plight, this struggle, this oppression, this this debate, this argument, this isn't new for Black people. Um, it's exasperated on such a large level right now. So it feels like, you know, oh my gosh, there's this urgency. We have to do something now. But when you've been fighting this fight for so long, you know, some of us are really tired. You know, like this is, okay, finally we got your attention. Finally, we want to have this conversation. So, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, okay, well, now that the world is watching, now that we have this so-called civil rights movement, let's do something with it. But there's another part that, that feels a, a little bit bitter still and a little bit resentment that it took so long to get here, that another black man had to die for this. Um, I'm actually located about an hour outside of Chicago. We live in the suburbs. We, we are from Chicago. We do a lot of work in Chicago. 
Um, and that's my roots. I'm from the West Side. Like, no, no games all day, every day. Like, that's my hood. Um, but we moved out here to be closer to family once we had our son. And, um, you know, the city of Chicago, there's so much happening. There's so much evolving. I commend uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, she is so dope. If y'all don't know about her, you would know her. Uh, it's not a lot of black women in leadership who can do what she does and hold her own the way that she does. So I, I totally commend her for handling a global health pandemic and a racial crisis that has just taken the city by storm. Um, and she's still she's still very much well liked at, at the end of this. As this is happening, you know, no one's you know, generally hating her. People are appreciated and understanding that she's doing what she can um, yes. with a city that is, you know, to, to Sean point, it, it's hurting. And people have to find a way to express that hurt. Feelings have to be expressed. And, and that's a good transition. How do you, other than protesting, what would y'all recommend be a better way of expressing how y'all feel right now, how we feel right now? Um... I think for me, uh, I think the best thing you can do in terms of the movement is take care of yourself first, right? Um, I shared with you all um, last time we were together, um, you know, in order to fill, you know, other cups, you got to make sure yours is full first. Um, and, and, that, and that looks different for everybody, right? I'm um, trying to find productive ways to kind of cope. Um, to Dr. Jackson's point, like, you know, this has been like since the day we got on this earth, you know, black folks have been struggling. Um, a whole lot with, you know, uh, institutionalized racism, systemic oppression, um, and then to be, you know, in many ways gaslighted as if it's not happening, right? Um, or to fit, fall, feel like your feelings or your, how you express yourself are falling on deaf ears. Um, you start to believe that maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wilding. Am I tripping? Um, and like, like she said, you know, a lot of times it'll exacerbate uh, whatever, uh, you know, mental health predispositions we have. Um, that, that exist in us. I think, I think me personally, I, I think I've been, I've been, I've been making sure to listen. I've been making sure to talk. I've been making sure to, to feel, um, and, and kind of go through all of that and give myself permission to feel everything, anger, confusion, um, sadness, uh, getting all that out. Cause otherwise it becomes toxic if I keep it in. Um, and especially as a black male, um, that, that can get really dangerous, uh, for us. I think uh, I, I was listening to Mark Lamont Hill and you mentioned a book called Heavy. Um, it's by Keith Lehman. It's a professor down in Mississippi. He said, uh, keeping in mind that during this time, I need three things. Uh, I deserve healthy choices, good love, and second chances. Um, and, and, and for me, that felt very relevant. Um, and just kind of keeping that in mind and make sure my cup is full so I can pour into people. Um, particularly the incarcerated population who already feel disenfranchised from this movement and are feeling the effects of systemic racism in real time. Right. Okay. And how about you, Doc? Um, as far as how people can express their emotions outside of protesting? Yes, ma'am. Um, I, I think, you know, people have to have to do what feels right for them. Um, you know, I, I totally admire the protest. I totally admire that everybody has a role to play. Some people's role is going to be out in the street. Some people's role is going to be out on the forefront and on those lines and, and making those signs and, and really fighting that fight. And some people's lines or some people's fight is going to be somewhere else where, where Sean and I are. 
working to heal that hurt, working mm -hmm. to talk about that pain. Um, and I think another great thing that I love that you said, Sean, is people have to allow themselves to feel what they feel, feel it in totality, totality, mm -hmm. not suppress a feeling. As a, as a people, as black people, we have been so programmed to never really recognize who we are as emotional beings. We mm -hmm. just go and we just do, and, and we're used to doing it, and we can do it damn good. Black people can go throughout their lives never really acknowledging any of the trauma that they experience. Right. They can be successful. Can I curse here? They can be successful as fuck. Like, <laughs> they can never, they'll never acknowledge the trauma. And so, you know, we have to break out of that cycle. People yeah. have to be allowed, yeah. validated to feel what they feel. And another great point that you brought up earlier, Sean, like for those people that are looting, those people that are protesting, those people, however they're doing it, it's for some people to just shut up and be quiet and allow people to do what they do. First of all, this is the nation that we built. Mm -hmm. Things will be rebuilt. Lives cannot be replaced. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it, it's not a comparison. So how people are expressing their hurt. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stuff that's happening that definitely shouldn't be happening. There's a lot of people that are agitating situations that shouldn't be. But for those who are truly just hurting and trying to express that, feel it. Allow yourself to feel it. And explore other avenues. Explore therapy. Explore peer groups. Explore, you know, having conversations when you feel comfortable and safe to do so. Man, y'all, let's let's just take that in real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like they both just went crazy and dropped some knowledge on us, man. Like I agree hundred ten percent with y'all, man. That was, uh, I respect you. Uh fellas, I ask my final question. I'm gonna let y'all go ahead and ask y'all questions. Hey, uh Sean, Sean and Dr. or Dr. Jackson. Um my thing is, you know, in the black community, we have we are how can I say this? We really can't afford the services that, you know, yeah. allow us to come talk to you guys or talk to a therapist of, of that nature. So what are some uh, resources do you guys recommend or some, you know, some tricks and trades on uh, keeping your mental health, mental health capacity stable, you know, things people could exercise at home without having to sit and talk to somebody? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of what Dr. Jackson said, you know, find what fits for you. Again, culturally, I think we still have a ways to go uh, in terms of therapy. I, I think um, it's, it's going to be a while until it becomes something that's normalized. And, and it really takes, you know, uh, mental health uh, providers of color uh, to, to kind of, you know, make it comfortable. Again, Charlotte Mayna God, I think, has been a, a great advocate for mental health, seeking mental health services. Um, you know, he, his own personal struggles with anxiety. And I appreciate him for being transparent and vulnerable with those struggles because um, I know there are people that resonate with that. Um, and are afraid, you know, um, like I said, in particular, um, black males, you know what I mean? Uh, the way we're socialized um, and, and, and black women in particular um, are always taught, have, have been socialized to, you know, just y'all strong, y'all can take it and, and get it done. You know what I mean? And there's no space for their voice, right? Um, even through this movement, you know, I've, I found myself having to say, well, what about Brianna? You know what I'm saying? What about Brianna Taylor and the names that we don't know of women who've lost their lives? Because I think... Right. Our country has a, an idea of what police brutality is. It's unarmed, middle-aged, cisgender, straight black men dying. That's our own, and, 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 and we forget about trans folks, right? We forget about women in that movement. And this Pride Month, you know what I'm saying? So we have to uh, create space and, and make space for those experiences. Um, I think meditation is a great way. 
uh, to, to, to find a uh, peace with self, slowing yourself down, right? Letting your, letting your brain and your, your body just, just relax. And I know a lot of us are on go. The world has managed to speed itself up, especially in the social media era. Um, I think the Calm app has been something that, you know, I've recommended to people. Uh, the Calm app, you know, they got all types of stuff on there. Meditation, silent breathing, body scans, um, things that I use with my athletes that I coach, um, really just to center themselves and get in a good mental space. Um, and, and, I mean, go to what, what feels safe. A lot of people seek refuge in their, in their spirituality, right? Um, you know, have a conversation with your congregation. Um, have a conversation with your pastor. Um, be around your church family um, and people that you feel like are struggling, you have to reach out to those folks. I think we always say to each other, like, if you need me, call me. Yeah. Chances are nobody going, they not going to pick up that phone. You know what I mean? Not, not to say they don't want it. They not, not, might not be in a place to ask for that help. So a lot of times, if you see somebody struggling, we got to go out and reach in, reach in and grab that person. You know, uh, if Daryl, you know, I ain't talked to Daryl in seven days and I know he kind of going through it. I'm going to pop up at his house like, all right, bro, I brought you some food. You know, we're going to go take a walk around the block for a little bit and just get you out and get you moving again. Um, and, 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 and finding, finding ways to stay connected is going to be important. Cause again, this idea of self-care, a lot of people hear self-care and think of self-isolate. And a lot of times, again, coming from collectivist societies, like we do, we need to be with each other. We need to be around folks. And if we, even if we don't have the, the vocabulary to have the conversation, sometimes it's just good to feel like somebody is next to you. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of seeking those services, you know, I know a lot of us aren't insured. Um, there, there are resources I know here in Madison, um, where I currently reside, um, there are social services and people that do, um, you know, provide mental health services on a sliding scale. So based on your income, you could pay only like five, $10 for a session. You know what I'm saying? Um, going down to the counseling psychology training clinic, um, partnering with some schools, uh, colleges, somebody like Marquette in Milwaukee. I'm not sure what, um, about schools in Chicago, but um, there might be a university that, that provides, uh, you know, services on a sliding scale so that they can train their, their masters and PhD level um, clinicians. Okay. Um, yeah, those are, those are all great, uh, recommendations. Um, I was just writing, writing down a few books that I think are really good. Um, Carter G. Woodson, The Miseducation of a Negro, mm -hmm. um, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome by Dr. Joy DeGroy, I think DeGroy, um, The Spirit of a Man by Yanla Vanzant, Vanzant, um, all great books, all things that you can read at home, all things that you can take your time, all things that I think validate the black experience. Yes. Um, and um, in addition to the meditation, in addition to these apps, podcasts are also really great. Exactly what you guys are doing. There are mental health podcasts out there that are free. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for black women, I know there's therapy for black girls, but you don't have to be a black woman to listen to that podcast. Um, and, you know, this um, contrary to popular belief, there are actually pro bono services from a lot of great and uh, competent mental health providers. All you have to do is call. All you have to do is see, do you, do you have sliding scale? Do you offer pro bono services? I know my office does. And I know that we've made a charge to even offer more, more slots for pro bono clients who can't afford it because they need it. Um, I don't know about the schools in Chicago, but the best thing that I always suggest, like we have not because we ask not. Um, and sometimes I think black people, again, that programming to just not ask for things that we deserve or we want has kind of 
crippled us in a way. And so going out and making that, and this is the time too, for all those white people who want to be allies and who want to be culturally competent and who want to be helpful. I'm not saying they need to be providing the services. I'm saying they need to partner with organizations with people that look like us to provide the services. Because what you don't want to do is enter into a space where you re-traumatize yourself trying to explain your trauma to mm -hmm. somebody that don't look like you before you can even deal with what's going on with you. Um, so reach out to those people who have, Put those posts up, those those Black Lives Matters, those Black Tiles. Hey, I noticed that you are you work in this organization. Can you help get me some services for some people in my organization or my community? Now is the time to cash in. You know, mm -hmm. they, they make these claims, they make these statements, and I'm ready to hold every single one of them accountable in whatever way I can. That's what I like to hear. Right. Yeah, I know y'all mentioned the uh the apps and um everything but in a in a busy world that we live in what uh how much time do you recommend for self-care let's say about a week or good question Godfrey. yeah um you know self-care is gonna look different for everybody you know I, I know we all say we we all get the same 24 hours but man i grew up in a you know a household where moss was was really holding it down for the most part so my her, my 24 hours now her 24 hours now feel a little different right um I mean, and then again, painting a picture of what self-care is. Um, whenever you can uh, lean into your community and learn about your community um, and get those experiences validated, it helps you feel more full in your in walking through through your world. Because a lot of times uh, what, what helps exacerbate um, feelings of isolation and depression is feeling like you're alone or you're the only one going through it. And when you find people, and, um, and I'm glad Dr. Jackson actually holds groups because those are really valuable too just to be around people that are like, dude, I know about addiction or I know about depression. I know about trauma. Um, and that's a word that I think makes, makes people uncomfortable The word trauma, right? Um, in terms of self-care, you should be dedicating, man, I, I would say if you can carve out an hour out of your day, just to focus on you, unplug from all your obligations um, that, that, that feel like competing obligations and just do something for you. And that looks different for everybody. For some people, they like, cooking you know other folks like meditating other folks just like chopping up on the phone with their people and not and not having to worry about work or you know other obligations um or just take going to sleep taking a nap you know wh whatever you can do um to that that feels right and recharges you um and try different things right um a lot of us would be like man i'm tired i'm gonna just go to sleep pick up a book you know what i'm saying go go listen to a really podcast like what you don't notice right um and, and and just get that validation um in whatever spaces you feel like uh could could actually help you um get to that point where you're recharged i agree i think um it is totally awesome to set aside at least an hour a day to uh just you i always suggest that when you when you can um, sleep with your phone away from your bed. I like that hour to be at the beginning or at the, the end of the day. If you can carve out 30 minutes at the beginning and 30 minutes at the end to take a few moments to meditate, to journal, um, to just be alone, unplugged away from um, the chaos that is social media and every obligation that comes through the phone. It's so crazy to think that we are in a generation that lived at a time when phones didn't do everything that they do now. I mean, I got my first phone probably towards the end of high school and I just had the little snake thing going around. Like, you know, I the game. The that was a classic. Like, yeah. Now, at, at, at any given moment, I could <laughs> put 
my phone and have access to anything to to order food to see what's happening to to get in touch with you know uh dozens or hundreds of people at one time um you know via apps and, and group needs and all that stuff so it's just like you need to find space away from that because you're overstimulated like i i encourage people like people don't even know like alarm clocks still exist like it's a separate thing you can buy for five dollars that'll wake you up so you don't have your phone because what happens is the phone is next to the bed you're in it all night you never give your brain time to actually shut down and process what has happened um and it's oversaturated it's too much and so you know i suggest 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, and keep your phone as much as you can away from you. Obviously, if you have obligations like kids or, you know, you got childcare or something that you need to be accessible for, but most of us, we can still manage to, to, to be away from the phone for some time. Man, you both are amazing, insightful individuals, man. I definitely appreciate y'all both joining us once again today. Uh, before we let y'all go, I just want y'all to share y'all business information or y'all personal information for people. Questions. Yep. So, um, Sean Harris, I'm, I'm uh, working out of Dane County Jail. So I primarily work uh, with the incarcerated population. So I don't see a whole lot of uh, individual clients. I consult uh, every now and then, do trainings in, in the uh, Madison area. You can find my Instagram at Sean Wardson, S-H-A-W-N-W-A-R-D-S-O-N. Um, respond to DMs pretty quickly um, and w would love to provide whatever resources and materials that are available because again, you know, that's I think that's where I find my purpose, being a service to others and whenever I can do that and, and help um, and that's 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 kind of my lane um, and how I choose to perform social justice and activism because um, that's a very personal endeavor and, and that's how I do it. What's up, bro? Uh, I, I, you can find my information on um therapyforblackgirls.com um, and you can just do a search of my name Celeste Jackson um, or you can visit my my practices website at sierracenter.org Once again, thank you guys thank you both uh, Thank you so much back on the show again, Please. Uh, definitely, definitely love the education and we definitely need the education man but uh, yeah. everybody continue to stay safe and uh, continue to seek guidance man y'all both I appreciate y'all empowering us all. Thank you, thank you. Of course, thank you for having me. Yes.